This is a nice story about gratitude. The prodigal son from Luke's Gospel. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Now, beautifully read. I do feel a bit embarrassed that perhaps I went and got, got all my inheritance and went to a far-off country. <laughs> Here I am. I look forward to eating with the pigs later on. Anyway, um, there is a lovely uh, quote that says uh, that gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all the others. The gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, the parent of all the others. And I think that's true. It's often said that if you, you don't know what to say to God, you know, if you come to prayer or you don't know, what, you don't know quite what to say, 
thank you is a completely appropriate beginning to anything that you might want to say, because it puts us in exactly the right place in relationship to both life and in relationship really to everything else. None of us know how we got here. We just sort of arrived fully formed. And then there's this amazing world with all its riches for us to take part in. There is our friends and our family and, you know, everything around us. And we just try to make the most of it all. Now, I know that, you know, everything doesn't always go according to plan. But really, the most important thing is that, you know, that we have our life and all that goes with it. And it is given to us gratis. It's given to us free. So it's quite right that before we moan about our lot, which we all do, or to try to change it, you know, we really should be grateful for what we have. And the story of the prodigal son is really, it's all about gratitude. You know, the son went away in the first place because he was not grateful for what he had, and he just absolutely wanted more. And when finally he came to his senses, he realised that what he had when he was at home was actually much better. He suddenly felt grateful for that and decided to return home. And the father, abandoning all custom, welcomed his son with gratitude, thanksgiving for his return. And the angry elder son was bitter because he was simply not grateful just for the father's love, but he wanted more than that. And, you know, the father then sums it up by saying, my son, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and he's found. So it's all really about the ability to be grateful. And that word gratitude comes from the Greek word gratis. I've used that already, free. We use that word as being free. But gratis, which means literally pleasing thanksgiving. Gratitude is pleasing thanksgiving. And so there's an aspect in there of being thankful for what you have rather than wanting something else. We're pleased with what we have. We're pleased with what's in front of us. The prodigal son was not pleased with what he had. So he asked his father for his inheritance and he went off to please himself. There's always a great temptation for wanting more want more than what we seem to have. We look around us and it's so easy to see what we lack rather than what we have. It's so easy just to see what we lack rather than what we have. And, you know, the disparity is often huge. We look around and we think, you know, we want more money. We want a new partner, better house, better job. And that becomes the thing that we fix on. Whereas in reality, what we have is our life, we have our senses, our world, the bounty in our hands, just, you know, it just goes on and on. And yet, it's more often the lack that we're aware of. If we focus on what we have rather than what we lack, then all of us will be a great deal happier. And that really is where gratitude and thanksgiving kick in. We we have to be conscious of our attitude. The elder son 
not being grateful that his brother had come back, but instead being annoyed that no one had killed the fatted calf for him. And it works right the way through our lives, from the big things in our lives to the small things, from having a roof over our heads and food to eat and family and friends, you know, living in this beautiful valley and all that goes along with that, living in this wonderful country and all that goes with that, being conscious of the wonders of the universe and the order that keeps everything in its place. And then we go down to the micro level, just being grateful, really, that we're alive, being thankful that our hearts continue to beat, being thankful for our breath, each breath, and what each breath represents, the ability to be conscious the ability to marvel at what we can feel, the ability to marvel at what we can see. Ask David Florio about that. And hear and touch and taste our our senses, the amazingness. You know, we forget how amazing our senses are. We just completely take them for granted. We get up in the morning and, you know, a lot of us just think about our lack straight away. We don't suddenly... Think about the amazingness of our senses. We, we end up taking them for granted and, and then worrying about what we lack rather than reveling in how amazing it is to see and to feel and to taste and, and to touch and to smell. You know, really, they are all we have. Our senses are all we have. It's through these senses that everything comes to us. And yet we, we do demand more all the time. Someone once said that wealth was the ability to appreciate experience. Wealth is the ability to appreciate experience. And as we get more and more civilized, we tend to get poorer because we appreciate less and less as our minds demand more and more. I mean, think of what it takes for Mick Jagger to have a good time. You know, how much it costs just for him to, you know, get off, to enjoy himself, what it involves and, and how far away that is from simply appreciating a beautiful day like today or the smell of a flower, the taste of clear water, or the sight of the mountains. You know, that's where our gratitude really should begin. And as we give thanks for that, so our hearts begin to grow with the wealth and pleasure that we get from those experiences. And we communicate that wealth and pleasure to others. We, we share our wealth with them in the simplest way. We share it with a hike. Time spent together. Good food. You know, beautiful surroundings. We share our wealth. And it's the perfect context within which to experience thanksgiving with our families. The sheer joy of being with people that we love, even if we do fight occasionally. The wonderful sight of a a table set, you know, the taste of the food, the conversation, the music, and even your football. All of it together, just a, a wealth of experience. The simple pleasures that make Thanksgiving such a wonderful holiday. And it all begins with gratitude as the beginning of all of that. And that begins us, that really brings us back 
gratitude to actually our relationship with life itself. The relationship with that higher power that's brought us into being. You know, if you met that higher power, surely the first thing you'd want to say is thank you. Thank you for giving me all of this to experience. You know, I hope I can make the most of it. I hope I can be grateful enough to communicate my gratitude to others and that they too might give thanks for what they've received. You know, saying, saying grace, which comes from the word gratitude, saying grace before a meal is really just to remind us of all that we've got to be grateful for, for the food that we eat, for the, the company that we keep. It's so important to remind ourselves so that we don't take it for granted, which is what we do most of the time. You know, our days tend to be filled with wants and needs rather than praise and thank yous. Our minds are fixed upon what's next rather than what's right in front of us. And real thanksgiving starts actually with the present moment. Real thanksgiving starts with the present moment. It is the greatest gift that we have. Everything else is just what we think about things. Everything else is just what we think about things. But the present moment, this present moment is the real thing. In fact, it is the only thing that's real. And the gateway to it, to that present moment, the the gateway to the present moment is gratitude for its existence. Without that gratitude, we dismiss the present moment as being nothing. We dismiss it as nothing. You know, what's so great about now? It just is what it is. It's boring. It's just a stepping stone to what's next. You could be bored with, with just this. But when you suddenly have gratitude for it, it just opens a door to something new. The gratitude for the present moment, when it appears, when you give thanks for it, then the present moment becomes a whole new thing. We are born into it again. When you have gratitude for the present moment, a door opens and you're born into something new. You actually, that is what it means to be born again. You absolutely arrive in the present moment. You have gratitude and gratitude is the gateway. If you want to know how do I get to eternal life? Good question. It is gratitude. That is the gateway. It opens up what well, everything. It opens up everything. It contains, the present moment contains all there is and all that is to come. And without access to it, without access to the present moment, without that gratitude opening the door and access to the present moment, you are just living in an idealized, fabricated reality. An idealized, fabricated reality. Without that appreciation for the present moment, you become a film that you observe. Your life becomes a film. Do you get that feeling sometimes that your life's just a film that's going on in front of you? It's because you're not in the present moment. It's because you're in your head. You look at it, you look at the, the present moment, but because you're in your head, you're disconnected from it and you can't quite put your finger on it. Somehow life seems to be passing you by. Do you get that feeling? And that's because you've not opened the door to the present moment with gratitude. You know, as the hours pass by, the days, the years, 
There's a great series of lies from Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. I'm sure all of you have heard of that. Yeah, tired of lying in the sunshine, staying home to watch the rain. You are long and you are young and life is long and there's time to kill today. And then one day you find 10 years have got behind you. No one told you where to run. You missed the starting gun. Every year is getting shorter. Never seem to find the time. Plans that either come to nothing or half pages of scribbled lines. Hanging on in quiet desperation is the English way. The time is gone. The song is over. Thought I'd something more to say. Your life as a film. You stop that straight away by opening that gate, that door to the present moment, the feeling of your life passing away and you're not being quite sure why. Well, the reason is that you're not entering through that gate of gratitude into the present moment. You're living it for what might come next. You're living for what might come next. It's all in your head like a film. And you can break that fourth wall anytime you want. You can break the fourth wall of the film of your life anytime you want, simply by honouring the present moment with gratitude. The moment you do it, you come into a different dimension. It might sound weird, but you do. The moment you honour the present moment, you're suddenly in a different dimension. Your gratitude and thankfulness break down the wall between you and your life. And suddenly you're there in four dimensions. Thankful to God for being alive. Feeling the beating of your heart, the breath in your lungs, the feeling of the air on your skin, and then the sight of what is in front of you, the sound, the smell, the taste in your mouth. You enter the sacrament of the present moment. You enter the sacrament of the present moment. And suddenly you're alive in a new way. You're not in your head, but you're in your consciousness. And time is endless because this is what it means to live in the gift of eternal life. That is what it means to live in the gift of eternal life. It's to live in the eternal present. You know, sacrament, you know, when, when you say the word sacrament, you think about baptism and weddings and holy communion, you know, the sacraments of holy matrimony. But really, sacrament, the word sacrament just simply means holy mystery. Sacre, the Latin for holy, and mysterian, the Greek word for mystery, sacrament. It is a holy mystery. So the sacrament of the present moment that is entered through the gate of gratitude or thanksgiving is in fact the holy mystery of eternal life. That is the gate. It is the holy mystery of eternal life. It is our mind that adds the film that is time. Our minds add the film that is time. And when we start watching that film, then that's when our life starts, we become disconnected. And it's the years and the months just keep going by. And if you're not careful, we end up living in that film rather than the holy mystery that's our life. So gratitude and thanksgiving are the gates through which we enter into a new relationship with our lives. We live a life of wonder. Wonder at the mystery of life how we just came to be, how all of this came to be. 
We don't have to have the answers. All we have to do is wonder at it. And then everything becomes a wonder, a marvelous thing, a miracle, a wonder, an object of astonishment. As Carly Gilbran says, and could you keep your heart in wonder at the daily miracles of your life, your pain would not seem less wondrous than your joy. Your pain would not seem less wondrous than your joy. To enter this world of wonder that is the present moment is almost to go through the wardrobe and enter into your very own Narnia. That is what that, that, is what that analogy is. It's to enter into your very own wardrobe and enter into your own Narnia. To begin with, it feels cold and austere. However, some find this because they're unfamiliar with it. And you're only really just arriving in the place that's previously been abandoned by a lack of care and gratitude. And as you develop that care and gratitude, the coldness of the present moment begins to thaw. And what was previously seen as boring soon begins to open up with new sights and new sounds that you previously missed. And Narnia in its beauty begins to appear. This is what it is to be enlightened. If you know what enlightenment is, this is what it is. This is what it is to be enlightened. Because now you feel free to enjoy the Garden of Eden that was always there for you. Then you're free to enjoy. Joy comes after gratitude. Not joy and then gratitude. Gratitude first and then joy. You're free to enjoy the Garden of Eden that was always there for you. All you have to do, this is good Old Testament stuff, all you have to do is not to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, you have to stop your mind from judging what's good and what's not good. That's what that whole analogy of eating the apple is about. You enter into your Garden of Eden. You stop your mind from judging. You stop the film that decides what should be. And you enter the world of what is. And then you're free. And it all starts with gratitude. With the prodigal son coming to his senses and coming back to his old life and seeing things in a completely different way. Come, quick. Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Kill the fatted calf. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Same life as before, just a completely different experience. And so this week, when you gather together with your family or whoever you're with, enter it through that gate of gratitude. Transform your experience of it by stopping the film in your head and entering into the real life of the present moment with the sights, the sounds, the smell and the tastes that are put in front of you. And who knows, it might change everything. You too could be like the prodigal son, coming back to his old life, but experiencing that feast in a completely different way. Amen.
So let's just pray. We just ask ourselves to be in that place of gratitude. So many things we can be grateful for. Grateful for those five children in that car that went off the road and they all survived. Grateful for things that are happening around us. And we just take our gratitude and put it in a place where we can support those who are in less good situations than our own. Particularly think of those affected by the wildfires in California, those who have family members who are missing, who are hurt, those who've lost their homes. Huge tragedy. We just open our hearts to them out of our gratitude. Pray for those who are in war zones, in difficult circumstances. We open our hearts to them and ask that we maybe respond out of our own gratitude of life. Pray for those who are in prisons, in hospitals. Particularly think of people in our own community of Martha Martin, of Sophie Layton, Kathy Markle and her family after the death of her mother, and the family of Glenn Jeffers, who died on November the 4th. Just pray for all of them with open hearts. Amen.